I'm, I just, think I'm lot, just messing with you, King. I think a lot of people are asking the question. Well, he spelled it that way, but I'm just messing with him. Because we've seen such a, a change in recruiting and enthusiasm in the football program with yeah, that's why. them throwing the money into the program. That's what I was getting to. Bringing in a bigger, well, a bigger successful coach named Luke Fickle and his recruiting prowess and what he had done at Cincinnati. The fact that things had changed and all of a sudden they're bringing in four stars. Boom, boom, boom. The excitement, it's, I think people were asking the question, man, what if we did this in basketball? I don't think it was necessarily a... Oh, no, they're using they're using it to fire a great guard. Like, McIntosh needs to fire a guard because look what he's done with Fickle. Like, it's... Yeah. They're, I, they're I out think there. that's a very small faction. I think a lot of the people that asked that question were like, what if we do that? Could we do this? Then the people that go farther are the ones with, we need to do this now. So that's what's happening now. And it could be a smaller faction than I see, or it could be big. I have no idea. To me, there's a, an alarming amount of people, not huge. Can I be in the camp of... You can be wherever camp you want to be. Can I be in the camp of, I actually wouldn't be against throwing more money and maybe revamping the basketball and seeing what they can do with NIL like they just did with football? I don't think anyone and would be... I'll have a problem with that, right? Yeah, and see what happens. Like, give Gardo, like, more money like not, they gave yeah, Wisconsin football. Not necessarily on the fire guard, but let's open up the NIL and see what can, what I think can everyone, happen for I think everyone would agree with you on that, Now, now if he can, t- say, say they did that, right? Say they did yeah. it. And they got all this money and ability to, to recruit players and say they're like, all right, we're going to completely go with, like, an em- up-tempo offense. <laughs> we're going to recruit different players, uh, different locations in the in the country. And then Greg Gard continues to recruit like Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and the teams kind of stay the same. But don't forget Nebraska. All of the money and everything is ramped up. Then maybe it's like, well, maybe he's not the guy for this job yeah. if we're gonna go this route. Well, and I that along that line, this is the first full like real full off season of football that McIntosh has been in charge because didn't he take over? Well, no, he took over right after 2020, didn't he? Yeah, but but still, like it feels like the clutches of the previous AD are not on him anymore, and he sees what he has to do to even maintain his own job. Uh, and it seems that throwing money at things to start is a good point to jumping in point. Because, uh, I mean... When you have coaches saying, well, we're not really going to deal with NIL or working on paying players and all that, do you think I think that, that that came from the top down. Do you think that... Uh, it's not... I, I highly doubt they feel that based on, you know, well, we lost a kid to this because of this. Do you think Chris McIntosh is really looking over his shoulder saying, I could lose my job if uh, we're not successful compared to Barry Alvarez before him? No, because nobody was going to fire Barry Alvarez ever. I agree with and you. He I was never going to step down himself. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't think anyone was going to tell Barry Alvarez you're fired right. just based on who he was and what he did. I feel like he was definitely on the coolest of cool thrones. Yeah. He and he had a G pass. He could do whatever he wanted. Yeah. You look at the new, there's a new chancellor. No one was ever going to question him. Yeah, there's, there's, a, chance, there's, a, new there's chancellor. a new chancellor who came from UCLA who is actually seems to be on the sports side of things uh-huh. rather than uh, trying to shut everything down yeah. and, you know, going whereas. To, Private email chains. When you've and- seen it, like, and it really, in present times, because uh, I don't really remember before Donna Shalala, when you've had a chancellor at this school who name. knows sports run the place, and that's how you get 
admissions or that's how you get applications up. That's how your school becomes in demand. That's how all this. Yes, you absolutely need your football program to be the top in everybody's mind. And after what we saw this season, and I mean, yeah, even looking at the body language on the sideline of Paul Christ, it looked like he didn't want to be here. Yeah. And so, yeah, a change needed to be made. And now you see where we're at. Um, number eight in the transfer portal. Uh, um, 39th. Yeah. Uh, right, right, 39th class, for the 30, and we're 36. 36. 36. And we're two weeks away from possibly adding more guys yeah. on the February signing period. Um, because they are out there working still. Well, they got their staff um, now. Did you see the billboards that Wisconsin football is putting everywhere? Yeah. Um, in, in, in Chicago and where else are they putting those it's billboards? All over the state. All over yeah. the state. I think Minnesota. Get, yep. Uh, no, I have, I haven't seen one for Minnesota. I know Badgers Chicago. Um, it's it's Chicago area. Yep. With, there's multiple in, places in around Wisconsin. the Wisconsin. Yeah. And, Homegrown in Chicago. Uh, there's more. There's more. Um, but there's just a bunch of billboards out there. Some get players here. But now, more if, of a story. If in this offseason here, yeah, like you said, if Greg Gard now has, hey, we're going to be partaking in NIL, go get players. Like, go get the guys in the transfer portal that you know will be here because we now have, if it is the Varsity Collective doing all this, we have the backing to be able to help get them here. And, you know, it if people want to pigeonhole the swing offense into something, dude, look at the, the 20, the, the final four runs. Well, yeah, that was totally. still the swing offense, but if you can get out and run it, go run it. Well, that works for every program. Like if you have the players to do your program running, you're right. going to be like you, good you're, players. You're still you're going to run it. your system. Cause we had Frank Kaminsky being able to step out and, and make threes, pull big guys away from the hoop and have your little guys still run the swing offense, but it's not going to be set in stone of, slow it down and go because you get those guys in there that can run the swing offense, play defense, but open things up if they can. So I, I put it out there on Twitter at zone Madison. You can vote. You can call it in at 608-321-1670. Cause the reason why people are now, maybe it's a smaller than we think, or maybe it's larger than we think. I have no idea, but there is a faction of people that want to use the hiring of Luke fickle to get rid of great guard, to boost some new blood into Wisconsin basketball. It's wild to me. So I put it out there, and Paul Christ. Now we all love Paul. I love Paul Christ. Rowdy, you're a Paul Christ guy, right? Yep. RJ, read Paul Christ guy. Yeah, yeah. I think his 2015 to 2019 run was as much as you could ask for for Wisconsin at that time. Now I know Paul Christ is no longer the coach, and this is why we bring this up now because they're using Luke Fickle as an example to get rid of guard. But which coach has had more success leading their program? Is it Greg Gard in Wisconsin basketball, or is it Paul Christ in Wisconsin football? Wisconsin football has been very successful. Under Paul Christ, so is Wisconsin basketball. Yeah. But one guy's been shown the door, and obviously a change needed to happen. I mean, it was Greg Gard has not hit any kind of level like that where, let's say, well, Bo Ryan were to come back with some team he flipped on really bad terms and beat them and punk them at their own at the Cole Center. It never happened. But Brett Bielema came back, and that was the final nail on the Paul Christ coffin. But, Rowdy, you were doing a rabbit hole of Wisconsin football. I don't know if it's more encompassing than Paul Chris, but you were like no. This, this goes too. back to Barry Alvarez days. This 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 encompasses Barry Alvarez, uh, Brett Bielema, Gary Anderson, Paul Chris, and now Luke Fickle. Mm-hmm. So, 
Man, since the late 90s, 1999, 24-7 has been keeping, you know, composite class rankings. Now there's also rivals. There's ESPN, and they all differ a little bit. But since uh, 1999, 24-7 for Wisconsin recruiting, the average recruiting class for the Wisconsin Badgers came in just under 39. Wow. Like, that's actually way higher than I would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably would have guessed, like, 50th. Now, granted... Starting in 99, when you can go back and get these online numbers, the Badgers were winning Rose Bowls. Mm -hmm. You would think that uh, they would go in there and be able to recruit well. But then there were some times in the early 2000s at the end of Barry Alvarez where they weren't the greatest teams. Right. They were five and seven, seven and five, those type of teams. But then obviously we had uh, what? Rose Bowl runs with Brett Bielema. You had the two years of Gary Anderson, and then you had another Rose Bowl with Paul Christ and a Cotton Bowl, an Orange Bowl thrown in there. Is it crazy to you that in the worst year that Wisconsin has had recruiting was actually after their second Rose Bowl in these years that they really? had on this? They were ranked 80th in 1999. Wow. Yeah. Now, after the, a Rose Bowl, the very best that they've ever been ranked was actually. 2021, they were 16th in the country. Wow. Yeah. Really? The average, like I said, from 99 to 2023, the average is 39th in the country. That's a lot higher than I would have guessed. I would have guessed like 50. Same. And, you know, Ben Kenny's boy, Saeed Khalif, Mm -hmm. the guy that they brought in as a recruiting coordinator from 2017 to 2020. And it was kind of the first time they revamped into this new age recruiting era. And he had his eight employees that helped him in the recruiting coordinator. He wanted more. He wanted a raise and he wanted 12 staff members. Mm -hmm. They told him no raise, no more staff numbers, get lost. (laughs) Well, they they took it to uh, six, I think. And now he went to Michigan State. And he went to Michigan State, and, ben, and they hired a ton of guys to help him. Yeah, and Michigan right. State has been recruiting in the top 25 the last couple of years. But under Saeed Khalif, where they kind of revamped and kind of became the new age, his classes were 46, 30, 27, 16, and then he left. Yeah. So clearly they were actually better than what their average was that entire time mm-hmm. with the revamped recruiting coordinator having his staff. Now they didn't give him as much staff as he wanted. Michigan State has and now he's consistently been in the top 25. But again, 46 in his first year, 30, 27, 16. That was really showing some progress. That And that was also some of the time where they, they grabbed the Logan Browns, the Graham Mertz four or five star kids that 2021 class. Obviously we're going to start to see some of those guys really get to, to start to play now yeah. because a lot of them were red shirt or they were red shirt freshmen. They were young kids. We're going to start to see that now, but overall this Wisconsin recruiting class coming in is 36. So it's only slightly better than what they have been. But I think it's just the fact that Luke fickle has done this in six to eight weeks. It's how he did it. Because the class was eight guys mm-hmm. going into this into the hire of Luke Fickle. Yeah. Eight guys is not a very like that's, that's the average not, recruiting yeah. class is like twenty plus. That's nothing. That's it, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. He came in, 
what is it? He flipped five or six right away, went to the portal and grabbed 13, 14 guys. And all of a sudden it went from 87th to 36th. And he still has two more weeks to, to like, grab some more guys. You differentiate a little bit though with the portal though, how it's changed. Well, yeah, the portal is ramped up since 2020 yeah. where like you can go look you at, you can go look at some of the, the recruiting uh, commits and every once in a while you get a transfer here and there and it'd yeah. be like okay well you recruited the 38th best class this year but because you got that one transfer it's actually the 36th ranked class overall mm-hmm. that really was like hardly a thing it would hardly affect your recruiting ranking maybe a spot or two if you grabbed a transfer but it was basically how you recruited since 2020 and covid those numbers are are wild. Yeah, now really all of a are. sudden it's like, hey, you might have the 58th best recruiting class this year, but you have the second best transfer portal <laughs> and you're actually ranked 32nd yeah, in the so, country. It's a little mind-boggling. So, so, so clearly the portal is important, but I think it's going to become less important once we get out from under the COVID year. Yeah. Because everybody that was in school in 2020 so an got an extra year. So, so essentially, if you if you were a freshman in 2020, you could take your COVID year. Then you could take a redshirt year. So what? That's 2021, 2022, yeah. 23, 24, 20. Once we get past... you to school to be a doctor almost. Once we get past 2026 <laughs> recruiting... All of those six-year guys should be absolutely gone. Yeah, and it'll—I think it'll tamper down a little bit. I totally will. It'll—it'll it'll be way different than the before, but it won't be as crazy as now. Because this this little COVID era will be wild in college football or college sports in general, and then it will die. Die off. Bad choice of words. Then it will simmer down a little bit. Uh, Whiskey Pack on Twitch says, do portal guys have multiple years of eligibility? Uh, yes. Depends on the guy. So, like, um, Mordecai's got his grad year or COVID year, whichever the one Bryce it is. Bryson Green, who they just got his, I think, three years. Uh, CJ Williams has three years. No, he's a redshirt freshman. Oh, oh no, CJ. Yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. I thought he th- th- Did he play in no, enough he, games this past year? He played He played in nine games. Yeah. Okay, never mind. So he has three years. No, but all, all of like, the guys that they got in the transfer portal, depending on who they are and where they came from, they have one to like four to five years. Yeah. Like yeah. because some of these kids were in college, was it, I think it's Will Pauling was in college in 2020. Kekahuna's got three years. He redshirted, but he no, technically. is a freshman. He's, oh, oh, he's, right. he's in the recruiting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, my bad. Will Pauling was a guy that was recruited in 2020 as a true freshman to Cincinnati. He technically would get his 2020 year as a COVID year. He would technically get 2021 as a redshirt year. So this year he was basically like a third year redshirt freshman. Yeah. So, so the, all of those guys get up to six years. So like depending on who they were, they could have one to four years. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's pretty wild. It right. is very wild. And I, then it, like a lot of it's essentially, most of these guys are really 2023 recruits. Yeah. Because they redshirted. I was laughing at this the other day. I saw a meme that made me chuckle. Like Stenson Bennett was out there fist pumping and having a fun time. A 26 year old beating up a bunch of 19 year olds. I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> that's so I was, funny. I was pretty surprised with the actual numbers that came out for Wisconsin because they've recruited above what I actually thought they were. And when you think about it, if the average rank was 39 from 99 to 2003. They've played above their skis, out over their skis when you're talking about they're consistently ranked in the top 25 in that span. Yeah, There were yeah. times where they were ranked in the top 15. So I think they've played above what we expected, and I think that goes to 
us thinking Paul Christ was a, a pretty good coach getting a, more than he, he had for talent. Same with Barry Alvarez. Yeah, totally same yeah. with Brett Bielema. I'm just going to disregard anything Gary Anderson. Yeah, screw him. But every, everybody else. Just call just call that the Dave Veranda era. Yeah. But, but Wisconsin football has been consistent, and if Luke Fickle can get them from the average of 39 to an average of 25 or 20, yeah. they're basically in the mix with the Penn States and the Michigans and the Michigan sure. States of the world. And yeah. if you're getting better coaching in general for the last 20, 25 years, and now all of a sudden you can recruit on the same level of those teams. Yeah, definitely. You would think that you would be able to pass them, and it's only Ohio State ahead of you. Yeah. We were just talking about the Wisconsin recruiting for football, and then we were mentioning, you know, guard and Chris, and the Wisconsin basketball recruiting is so strange to me. Oh, it's so, there's so many, few amount of people. Like I, yeah. Obviously, in an average Big Ten recruiting class, you're having 20-plus players coming in for football, mm. but basketball is so different because you could have four guys one year, which really impacts the ranking of your class. And then you can have one guys the other year. (laughs) And that one guy might actually be pretty good, but the recruiting class might be ranked in the hundreds because there's like 300 plus division one teams. And it's only one guy, but I went back and looked at Greg guards recruiting stuff just to see, you know, kind of what's going on. So his first class, it was a lean Ford and Demetric Trice. Two three stars. Decent. Their overall rank was 103. Yeah. I thought it was kind of like a, eh. It was like a, it is what it is, right? There's yeah. nothing Solid. to write home about, yeah. but it wasn't awful. Oh. Mm-hmm. You look at 2017, they had a really good ranking. They were 35th in the country. They had Nate Reavers, Brad Davison, Kobe King. That was three, pa- that was three yeah. four-star players. On paper, that's awesome. On paper, that's great. Turns out two-thirds of those guys were kind of toxic problems. Yeah. And you had one, which was Brad Davis, an all-timer. And then in 2018, you sit here and you're like, on paper, he's kind of all right. And then he's really good. The next one's ranked 74th, kind of in the middle of both of those. Taylor Curry never gets to Madison. (laughs) Ty Strickland is awful. Joe Hedstrom is worse. Yep. Like that class was a complete bust. Terrible. And then you get to 2019 and 2019. This one is the crazy one to me. You had five, or sorry, 2019 was Tyler Wall, but he was your lone player. Yeah. They were ranked 133rd, and then they got a transfer in Micah Potter. Which seemed to be doing pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, that on paper, it was only a high three-star, and then an incoming transfer that had played yeah. a little bit Ohio Look at State. Wall, he's balling, and Micah Potter was balling, too. Both Big pretty jam. good. 2020 is the crazy one to me. They were ranked 35th. But they had five guys. The five, <laughs> the five guys were Ben Carlson, a four star, Johnny Davis, a very high three star, mm-hmm. Lauren Bowman, a very high three star, oh, Stephen Crowell, a three star, and Jordan Davis, a lower a uh, lower three star. He's a three star. Uh-huh. Ben Carlson <laughs> showed flashes, hurt his back, transferred out. Yep, he gone. Johnny Davis. Turned into a good player. Went to the NBA. Yep. Lauren Bowman had problems back home. Yeah, he had. He was a missed the entire first year. Second year was stuff. back and forth between. I want to play. I don't want to play. Back in Michigan at uh, Michigan. Oakland. Yeah, yeah he, Oakland. Lauren Bowman transferred out. Was kind of a disappointment. Stephen Crowell was your fourth best player. Big Steve. He's arguably Steve. the best player still on the team. Big Steve. And then Jordan Davis, who a lot of people thought were kind of like a. 
the Johnny Davis tax. Which he is. And thankfully, Connor Siege is now starting. Now, that class was ranked 35th, but really only two of them are still on the team, and they were the worst two recruits on paper. Yeah. And then in 2021, you look at uh, some of the more recent recruiting classes. They're 33rd. Chucky Hepburn, pretty good. Marcus Ilvers looks like he's got some flashes, but he got to put on weight. Matthew Morse transferred out, had some family stuff going on back home, wanted to be closer to home. Yeah. Chris Hodges, haven't seen much of him. Doesn't look like he's really that ready minutes. to play. A couple minutes. And then you have 2022, the most recent one. They were ranked 112th. They had Connor Asijan, but CP3. then they added two transfers, Klesmet and McGee. Yeah. Now, overall, that that's, I mean, on paper, solid. it's one recruit, but yeah. he's a high three-star. Yeah, that's why it's weird. And then you look at 2023. On paper, Gus it's supposed Buss. to be good again. Gus. It's ranked 40th. Gus Buzz. And it's, yeah, Gus Buss, Gus Yeldon, four-star. Gus Buss. Nolan Winter, four-star. John Blackwell, four-star. Yeah. So it's it's such a weird, and they've, in, in my opinion, they've had a lot of bad luck with some of the, the good classes and better kids they've recruited because, A, it seems like they're kind of negative toxic players or they've had other issues off the court that derailed their career or they never even got here from the start. Yeah. And but he what, doesn't recruit the state well. And look what Gardo's done. Big 10 to the last three years, coach of the year to the last three years, Get second round of tournaments. What have you done for me lately? Fastest, third or fourth fastest coach to 40 wins, nope. active in the Big 10. Mm-mm. Cracking jokes at the podium, personable. Uh, yeah, and the only other Homegrown coach, Big Ten coaches Wisconsin. who have a better winning percentage than him are all Hall of Famers. Yeah, Buddy's terrible. He's, Buddy's terrible. Get him out of here. Buddy's terrible. Okay. Did you see those three losses in a row? Yeah. Gone. Terrible. Because no other Big Ten coach has ever done that. Never. Been dazed and confused for so long, it's not true. Ayahuasca will do that to you. Wanted a woman, never bargained for you. Indeed, indeed. I'm planning a uh, a trip. I'm going to get myself, obviously. Rowdy, if you'd like to attend. Uh, I'm recruiting people to go to the jungles, the Amazon jungles, and we're going to find some old Amazonian tribe and see if they have an ayahuasca brew for us. Uh, I'm curious. Rowdy, would you like to go with me? Sure. We'll, we'll see what we can find. Well, I'm going to recruit another one. Uh, Rob Reichel from Forbes.com, Conley Media. Would you like to experience... Ultra different dimensions and transcend planes of existence with me in the jungles, Rob. I think covering the Packers for twenty years has taken me to enough of those places already, Evo. <laughs> I don't, I don't need, I don't think I, I don't know if I need to go to the jungle. <laughs> Do you feel to, dazed to, and confused to, to look to look for Aaron Rodgers to be more dazed and confused than we already are with what this group falls up to again. Okay, well, how about this? We don't have to go too far. Actually, I know the, I know. People, we could just do it in my basement. All you gotta come is the Madison, then Robbie. How's that sound? Yeah, all right. We'll uh, we'll we'll set that up. It'll I'll put be, on some Pink Floyd, be, some black it'll lights. Week, it'll be quite the weekend, yeah. Think of it. Uh, I'll get some. <laughs> I'll, I'll get some. Uh, some of those black lights, uh, lava lamps, incense, Pink Floyd, uh, some black velvet posters, Rob, and we'll just have an experience in my basement. How's that sound? Isn't it just ridiculous that you know another <laughs> off season has come and we're and we're we're we're, we're up and down the same highway and road that we go on every year now with this guy, and 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 and, and 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 this becomes you know talk radio for two months, and this becomes what I write about for two months, and 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 and, 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 and Evo, this is what the guys in 
you know, at the McDonald's sitting around the 80 year old guys in Kenosha from, from, from oh, Kenosha yeah. to Ashland, right? They're sitting around talking about, Hey, do you think Aaron Rodgers will be back or not? I mean, it's just Rogers. I, Rob, I, Rob. I, you know, I don't know. Evo, it's just exhausting. What else would we be doing? Rogers is the goose, the golden goose who lays the golden eggs. It's the clicks. It's the stories. It's the thought experiments. It's the, should I try this drug called ayahuasca to see what he's going through? I absolutely hate it, Rob. I'm right there with yeah. you. What else you know, would you I, write about? I, I, what else would you write about? I, I think growing up in California, his his favorite shows as a twelve year old little boy were were Melrose Place and Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh and 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 the nonstop drama from those is has kind of stuck with him for the last 25 okay. years. And, and, not, and now he wants to be the leading the leading character every <laughs> single year on Melrose Place. Let me ask you, Rob. Like, Rogers is – that's why I love it. I love it, Rob. I know a lot of people hate it, but it gives you so much to talk about, and you can look at it from different angles, especially when you get the dog days. My question is, isn't Rogers afforded some time after a season? Like, why does he have to come out and immediately say this? Why can't he step back, think about stuff? Like, why can't, why can't he be afforded a little bit of time? Because he signed a three-year contract last offseason. Oh, they mean nothing. You know they mean nothing. Eh, I, I don't know. They, they should mean something. Maybe I'm just too old school, Evo. I mean, the bottom line is, yes. I mean, does he deserve a little bit of time to – okay, does he deserve some time to decide whether he wants to be back or not and play, yeah. uh, you know, a 19th season and, and um, you know, be back next year the with the Packers? The season's not even sure, over. Sure, sure. He absolutely deserves that. But but I, I think we're also – you know, part of the drama road we're going down, Evo, is whether that's in Green Bay or not. And the way that contract was structured – really from both sides, locked him to the Packers pretty much for two years. Now, you know me, I- I'm certainly of the belief it's time to move on from this guy. Get some draft picks <laughs> if you can. And, I mean, you, you, you've gone as far as you can with this guy. You haven't won a meaningful game in 12 years since the you know 45th Super Bowl when, when, he, when he played out of his mind. Let's, let's give him the credit there and was unbelievable in the win over Pittsburgh. But he's been, a, but he's been an absolute playoff disaster, colossal <laughs> flop the last 12 years. He's going to go down as one of the worst playoffs. You know, he's going to go down as one of the greatest uh, regular season players slash uh, playoff disappointing uh, humans that, that we've ever seen. <laughs> is he eleven this, and ten in this in this sport? I mean, really? I mean, he is. I mean, who's the NBA version? Probably right. I don't pay enough attention. Is it James Harden? Um, oh, I, 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 would, no, I don't think James Harden and Rod, does Harden even have an Harden MVP? Doesn't ha- Harden doesn't have a championship though. Okay, I don't think he's got, he's got an MVP got, either. But, but he has a number of colossal, you know, playoff disappointments. I guess is, is where beards. I'm going with that. Um, I don't know who the baseball equivalent is, guys. Didn't A Rod hit about? Someone compared him to Mike Trout years. the other day. <laughs> um, yeah, Trout's got to get to the playoffs, doesn't he? Um, but no, I mean, I mean, you, you know what? You know where I'm going with this. I mean, I. You, the, so are you ready? Are you ready for my, a whole my, new change? Like a whole. My, my belief is you rip off the bandaid. It's, it's time to move on. Uh, from this guy, you know, so, but if he needs time to decide whether to come back for season 19, that that's absolutely fine, you know, but, but he also did sign the contract to be a Packer for the next couple of years. Now I, you know, whether the Packers want to bring him back or not is, is to me a total, a totally different story. And, okay. uh, you know, I think, I think he's trying to get out ahead of the curve on a, on a show like that stupid punter show the other day where, 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 where he's, where he's talking about bringing back the Pat McAfee show. Okay, whatever, whatever it is, I'll call him the punter. Um, you know, whether he wants to bring back, you know, and, and, he, and he's telling the organization to bring back Big Dog and Randall Cobb and you know Alan Lazard and Bakhtiari and, and all his buddies on the team. And he, he's trying to get out ahead of that because I'm guessing, guys, you know, on on their meetings 
uh, season-ending meetings on the Monday and Tuesday after the season ended to the Lions, the Packers probably weren't real excited about the, you know, and, and, and I'm sure they relayed that to him and said, you know, odds are we're not, we're not bringing back Cobb and Lewis and, and some of your pals and things yeah. like that. And so, so he's trying to get out ahead of the curve on that so, to, to get a couple of these guys back to Green Bay or not. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, you, you know me, I, I'm football, 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 and that's, yeah. that's what I like to. Now Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca. Yeah, not 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 a lot of this off season drama. I, I didn't care for it at all. With Favre. I couldn't stand it. Evo with Favre and, and and you know Rogers ripped Favre all the time for for how he handled off seasons and and here we are, fifteen years later, where he's doing so, the same thing. Uh, James Harden does have an MVP, by the way, so he has one. Rob, well, I mean, let's go through the scenario then. Let's say Rogers. Let's say the Packers. They're done on the Rogers. We want to move okay. on. We're ready. So Jordan Love. Is he the starter? Is is and then what happens with Rodgers and that contract? Yeah, I mean, first of all, for that scenario to unfold, somebody in that Packer organization would have to put on their big boy pants, and mm. nobody has done that here the the last few years. They've got this goofy hierarchical structure now where Murphy's too involved, and you know, I think on some level he's neutered Gutekunst, and and Rodgers is obviously neutered Lafleur, and so you've got this total dysfunction inside the organization from a power and kind of hierarchical structure, but if they did come to that decision, Evo, that it's time to move on from the quarterback, and, and I think Rodgers, honestly, would probably be open to that, and, you know, if you could get him to the right team, and, and there's a handful of teams out there, I think, that have have really nice rosters. Well, all you got to say is we're going on a rebuild, and then he was like, alright, well, I'm, I'm done then, I'm gone, because he doesn't want to be a part of yeah. rebuild. It's a tough message to sell the fan base. I don't think they'd want to use that particular word. But again, what do they have? 125, 150,000 people on a waiting list. So it's not like Lambeau Field isn't going to be sold out every every single Sunday. Uh, no, to, to your question, Evo, yes. I mean, it, it's time to find out, at least in my mind. And I think on a large, you know, to a large extent, Brian Gutekunst's mind as well, whether the, whether the guy he took in round one in 2020 and the guy he moved up to draft, Jordan Love, can play quarterback in this league or not it's, it's year four i mean love is love is stuck between a rock and a hard place let's be honest but he's he's certainly not going to be a happy camper if he's asked to come back as a backup for a fourth straight year i think his camp is going to be loud i think they're going to demand a trade when Devonte adams camp was loud last year and asked for a trade the packers obliged and eventually moved on from him so i i think you know the odds are you know, Jordan Love would probably be in another uniform. And, and now you run the risk, guys. Um, you know, let's just say he ends up wherever, right? At Atlanta, Washington, Carolina, whatever it turned out to be. I mean, let's say Jordan Love can really play and he turns into a top 10, 12 quarterback in the league in a year or two from now, Rodgers is gone and the Packers have no answers at quarterback. They're, they're going to look pretty silly for, for making a deal like that. Um yeah, if, if 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 all parties can come to the conclusion, Ebo and the and the realization, maybe that it's best for Rogers to be in a in a different spot in 2023. The trade probably couldn't happen until after June one. The salary cap hit if they traded him. Just the way that contract is structured is far too great for the Packers to take on. Uh, the cap hit for 2023 is only about 15 million if they traded him after June one this year. So that's something they could certainly work around. Where I think if they did it before that, Ebo, it's you know the better part of 40 million. You know, Rogers is due to make 59 and a half million this year. Uh, he won't count that much against the cap, but you know it's it's certainly a significant savings if the Packers, you know, can move on from him. Eventually, they'll be able to spend that money at different at different positions on the field and surround Jordan Love. I think with a 
with a really solid football team. I, I don't think they would go into a rebuild whatsoever, Evo. I, you know, I think I think a lot of that roster is is, is still pretty good. It's not Super Bowl championship caliber roster, you know. But if, but if you can move Rodgers, and and again, you know, I, I kind of compare this to driving a driving a car off the lot, right? You know, you, you pay forty grand for your car, and they say it's you know, the, the second you get it off the lot, it depreciates 10 to 20%. So now it's down to, you know, anywhere from 32 to $36,000. And then every day that you drive it, it's worth less and less and less. Well, it's the same deal with Rogers. You know, two summers ago when he was holding the organization hostage, Evo, you could have probably got Russell Wilson type of draft capital for him. You know, the way Denver fleeced, or I mean, sorry, Seattle fleeced Denver last off season in the, in the Wilson deal. You won't get that today for Rogers, but I still think you can get a couple of really high draft picks let's say a one and a three for Rodgers you hold on to him another year or two uh Evo you're not going to get much if anything for him so get the draft picks while you can reload the team a little bit with uh with, with Jordan Love get another you know young stud or two in the passing game whether that's a wide out or a tight end or both in this upcoming draft and you know I, I you know I do think the defense is largely in decent shape and and they retool or reload that offense if, if Jordan Love um, is even somewhere in that, you know, oh, let's call it 12 to 18 range, middle of the pack quarterback, Evo. I think this team could be back in the playoffs by 2024. So, Rob, do you, we, you kind of talked about the power structure with Mark Murphy, the three yeah, knobs. Yeah, Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, and then we have Aaron Rodgers there. Obviously, a lot of those guys have taken some heat, especially lately with not making the playoffs, and, and some of the moves are questioning it. Do you think Brian Gutekunst is under fire at all? Because we've had some callers that come in uh, and are quite upset with Gutekunst and what he's done. I'm just asking you, do you think there's any heat on him? My reasoning being, don't you think if you're Brian Gutekunst and you're looking to lo- uh, lock up this GM job, for longer term, you would say the safe play is keeping Aaron Rodgers here because if I if I get rid of Jordan Love and he's great, I can say, well, he was my guy. I I drafted him, I wanted him, but we couldn't move on from uh, Aaron Rodgers. I was held hostage, and the fans wanted him. He was a two time MVP. But if he does move on from Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love isn't very good. That was his guy. He's married to him. Him and LaFleur are definitely on the hot seat. Part of your theory there, I guess, Nelly, I I agree with. I don't don't agree with all of it. I mean, if if Love goes on somewhere and blows up and turns into a Pro Bowl-level type of quarterback, that looks far worse, I think, for Brian Gutekunst than almost anything. Um, I don't know who he's being held hostage by other than himself and really – you know, uh, just just a fear of eventually turning the page and ripping off the Band-Aid. I, I think right now it's an organization, guys, that's paralyzed by fear. They're 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 terrified. They're terrified of of dropping back in into the level of play that they had in the '70s and '80s because they've been blessed with 31 straight years of MVP level quarterback. My thing to you, uh, Nelly, would be what what is it with Rodgers right now that you're holding on to? He he just finished undoubtedly his worst year as a starter. I mean, you want to look at quarterback rating, yards for completion, touchdowns per game, passing yards. I don't care what what category you throw at me, Nelly. 
he had a career low. I mean, and they were an eight and nine football team, and and he talks about being all in, and then he misses the entire offseason program, and it takes him eight, eight games to get in any kind of sync with his young wide receivers. So it's not a quarterback to me that's all in, and he's absolutely murdering you against the salary cap. You know, by by signing the highest contract in the history of the league when he did that last offseason, the three year hundred and fifty one roughly uh, million dollar contract that he that he's on the hook for. So you know. Guys, if, if there is a fear inside that organization, and, and keep in mind, Mark Murphy turned 68 this summer. Um, 70 is out, seven, right? At 70, he's at kicked se- out, right? At, seven, at 70, you're gone Thank inside God. the Packer Get him organization. Out of here. You, you cannot be the Packer the president of 70 years old. Get out of here, yep. man. So, so Mark Murphy's down to two years, and I, and I do Holy wonder – I, I do wonder if a, a lot of this decision-making process is, you know, it, it, the, the, that that Mark Murphy is the heavy in all, in all this. That he's putting the heat and the pressure on some of these other guys. The that hey, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm saying I don't want to turn the page yet. I don't want to, I don't want to go through a quote-unquote rebuild or a revamp or a reload, whatever word you want to use. Um, in, in my in my last two years as team president, and 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 you wonder how much of this is coming uh, from the top because. Uh, Nelly, every GM in the world out there who kind of hitches their way into a quarterback at some point in time, they want to find out if that quarterback can play or not. I mean, Ted Thompson wanted to find out if Aaron Rodgers could play. Ron Wolf obviously wanted to get away from Mikowski as soon as possible and find out if Brett Favre can play. You know, you, you, you find any GM across the league who uses a first round draft pick on a quarterback, other than maybe the Jets right now with Zach Wilson, they they they, they want to find out if that if that if that quarterback is their guy or not. So I do think deep down, Brian Gutekunst wants to find out if Jordan Love can play or not. And and guys, I I do think there's a belief in the organization that Jordan Love can be a, a really successful quarterback in this league. I, I thought he had a really solid uh, couple of games that he came into. He was terrific in that Eagles game, uh, you know, on on Sunday night when he had to replace Rodgers that night. Um, now, you know, a half of a game certainly doesn't make a season, but, but there was a similar feeling and, and, and the, and the feeling was probably stronger 15 years ago, but you know, that, that Rogers could step in for Favre and, and, and take it up a notch. And, and he obviously did that, you know, compared to where Favre was at the end. Uh, and no one's going to compare Jordan Love to, to where Aaron Rodgers was back in 2008, but I think they all believe you know, he, he can be at least a mid-level to, you know, maybe somewhere in that 10 to 15 range when, when it's all said and done. And, and we know, guys, look at, look at some of the quarterbacks still playing right now uh, this postseason. Look, 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 at a, look at a Brock Purdy, for example. Look at the guy with the Giants. Um, you know, there's, you, you don't have to be the best of the best. And, you know, at, at that, it, it certainly helps. I mean, it helps to have a Burrow or a Mahomes or a, a Trevor Lawrence or uh, somebody like that, but a uh, Josh Allen. But, but you know, if if you put a winning uh, group around a guy like Jordan Love, I you know, I again, I I do think that that could be a team within a year or two that's back to the top of the NFC North. So Nelly's got one more question follow up for you, Robbie. But I I want to remind you, I have to ask you another question that's not involving the Packers. So when Rowdy oh, asks this, I don't want to limit you. We're just up against the time. Word economy <laughs> is word economy is our friend right this, now. This is also not necessarily about the Packers, oh, okay. but we right, we did have a guard Christ Twitter poll that we talked yeah, about at the beginning of the segment. We're talking about the Packers and you said something in your last comment about the Packers being almost like uh fear. They're fearing to be good. They're paralyzed by fear of pa- going yes. back 40 years. Paralyzed yep. by fear. Is that your what, next book? Yeah, here's a new Twitter poll for you and it's specifically for you, Rob. 
Who is more paralyzed by fear, the Green Bay Packers or the Milwaukee Brewers? Oh. Well, the Brewers are just cheap, right? <laughs> I mean, that's I mean that, that that's an owner if you went to dinner with him would go running to the bathroom when the check came. Um, he'd pretend to step outside to have a cigarette or make a phone call or something like that. He he'd run as soon as that bill came. Um that's you know, the, the Packers lived through the 70s and 80s, but, you know, there's nothing about football today that is comparable to, to where it was 40 years ago. There was no salary cap back then. There was no free agency back then. The Packers do spend. That's, that's one of the great misnomers about this Packer team. The, you know, because they don't go out and sign the, the, the splashy free agents, guys, you know, the fan base thinks that Green Bay doesn't, quote, unquote, go for it. But, but the way the Packers go for it is they give their own guys second and third contracts big time money. You know, you, you, you look around that roster right now, Rogers and Bakhtiari and, and Aaron Jones and Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander and Preston Smith, you know, some of these guys they have are all in the top three to five paid guys in the league at their positions. And, you know, so that's the Packers way of going for it rather than, you know, flying out there like Jacksonville last year and spending a hundred million dollars in free agency or whatever. So I, I think the Packers are more paralyzed by fear Nelly of turning the page at, at quarterback and the Brewers are just flat out cheap and a, and a 50 year embarrassment to the state. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, last question. Rob Reichel with us right now. Uh, Forbes.com, Conley Media. We love, Robbie, you, you cracked me up. I love you, man. Which coach, which <laughs> Which coach has had more success leading their program, Greg Gard with Wisconsin basketball or Paul Christ with Wisconsin football? The reason why we're talking about this, like Luke Fickle with what he's done now, they haven't touched any grass. They haven't been in the same room together. But everyone's like, get rid of Gard and, and do what you know they did with football here with Fickle coming in. So Gard or Christ, which has been more successful in their time? It's a great poll question. I, I've been having this discussion with buddies of mine the last couple of weeks that you know, in, in many ways, Greg Garden, Paul Christ are the exact same guy, right? I'm sitting there, sitting there in season eight. It's, you know, it's year eight for guard. It was year eight for Chris when he was, when he was let go five games into the season. It, it is fascinating guys. Their numbers are almost identical. Chris actually has won a higher percentage of games. He's at like 72% guards at 65%. The big difference, I guess I would say guys is guard has these two big 10 championships. Um, in the last three years with the, with the basketball side of things. But the difference too is there is, there is no big 10 basketball team that is comparable to Ohio state or a Michigan, you know? So that's, that, that's a hurdle that I think was almost impossible for Paul Christ and the rest of the big 10 to get back, uh, to get past. Chris was six and one in bowl games guys. And um, three times in his, in his tenure, they were in the top 12 and the top 12, we know this starting, you know, whatever, a year and a half, two years from now, that's going to put you in the national playoffs, right? The top 12, uh, Greg guard has not been to a sweet 16 since his second year on the job. So we're looking at six years since guard has been to a sweet 16. Um, I'm going to give guard the edge by a nose, Ooh. but I'll, but I'll tell you what, uh, guys. And, and I, Hey, the last thing I'm doing here is calling for Greg guard Ted, because I wasn't, I wasn't calling for Paul Chris Ted either, but, but I think people around Madison and certainly all Badger athletics are realizing that sometimes change can be for the good. And what Pickle has done here in his first month on the job has been absolutely remarkable. And, and I think it's fired up the fan base, unlike anything I've ever seen as a 40-year Badger fan, guys. So um, I do I do think everybody in, the athletic, in that athletic uh, department was probably put on a little bit of notice when that, when that uh, coaching change was made from Chris 
eventually here to fickle that maybe the old way isn't good enough anymore. And and if I'm Greg Gard, I'm probably a little bit nervous if this season goes south. Really? Hey, Robbie, thanks for the time. Forbes.com, Colin Media, Rob Reichel on Twitter. Uh, Mark Adonazio did just message me, the Brewers owner. He said he meant to send you an invite to the hot stove cold Brewers last night. But he didn't want to pay for the stamp, so that's. <laughs> and he and, he, and he's probably charging fans up the wazoo to get into that thing. And don't so. worry, the first beer wasn't on him; it was Willie Adams. Yeah, Willie Adams bought. So he's, there you go. He, he, he's got to pay for Wade Miley somehow. So. <laughs> what about uh, Wade Miley? Actually, making him pick up an Uber job on the side to pay for himself. Turns out <laughs> they actually signed Brian Anderson because they thought that they could file it under a broadcaster salary. Yeah, they thought he could do double there duty. You, there, Mo- there Moonlight as a broadcaster and a player. <laughs> They'll, they'll sneak it in the books that way, right? Yeah. Rob, we love you, buddy. Thanks so much. Always fun. Thanks, guys. See you, Robbie. I think Rob took two breaths that whole entire time. <laughs> I got a Brewers topic that I got to get to right away because it was kind of bugging me. I was thinking about it last night. So yesterday, so the Milwaukee Brewers had this thing called Brewers on Deck. You remember Brewers on Deck where a lot of people would come to American Family Field or then Miller Park? And then hang out with a bunch of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Ryan Braun, the face of the franchise, would always be there. You remember Brewers on deck? Or hearing about it, at least? Yeah, hearing about it. No, never had any interest in it. Yes. I mean, fans would pack the place, and they'd be hanging out with the crew. Like, winning hearts and minds of the the Wisconsinites, the Milwaukeeans, etc. Well, the Brewers, they didn't do Brewers on deck. Now it's called Brewers uh, Hot Stove and Cold Brewers. So Brewers fans were out and about in numbers yesterday. Hot stove and cold Brewers. Now, the Brewers, for some reason, decided to put it in a small bar, tell the entire city, and then put it in a small bar with a capacity of 600. I mean, that's fine. I'm sure more fans wanted to go. There was a line for blocks upon blocks upon blocks to get into this small bar. There's 300 people waiting to enter before the Brewers Hot Stove and Cold Brews even started. Now, in this event, Rowdy, you know, there's obviously big-time Milwaukee Brewers there. They're trying to you know, do a little off-season stuff when the hearts and minds of it. Let me, let me read you the list of people there, and let me ask you if it's weird that a certain individual was not there. I have a question first. Yeah. Did they, did they have a cover charge to get in? Uh, I think Willie Adamas paid for everything. So I don't think there was a cover charge. People just lined up. They're ready to get in. I don't think there was a cover charge. Uh, it was at Dugout 54, if you want to look up that bar. So on this list of brewers in t- attendance, let me ask you if there's a, a an eyebrow raise here. There's manager Craig Council. We'll get the comments from him, by the way. General manager Matt Arnold. Players Freddie Peralta. Willie Adamas. Aaron Ashby, Owen Miller, Sal Freelich, and Garrett Mitchell. They all mingled with fans. Again, Council, the GM Matt Arnold, Freddie Peralta, Willie Adamas, Aaron Ashby, Owen Miller, Sal Freelich, and Garrett Mitchell. Is there a certain name on there that gets paid like he's, I'm going to give it away right now, the face of the franchise that maybe is not on a list to maybe help wins hearts and minds of the Milwaukee Brewers? Well, obviously, I think there's a few names that, what, are you thinking Corbin Burns? Uh, are you thinking Brandon Woodruff? Uh, Christian Yelich? Bingo. How much money did the Brewers pay Christian Yelich? But, so here's the other thing. When it comes to events like this, a lot of times younger guys 
have to do these because mm-hmm. it's in the contract. You have to go out and do so many of these where yep. where the Yelichs and the Burns and the Woodruffs of the world maybe probably already did their numbers of events and they're kind of like, hey, I'm still in California. Th- that's the other thing. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the big names are still training in the warm weather, whether they're south or west. Now, you'll have to go back, and this is the reason I bring it up. Just about every single event, and I was looking into this last night, just about every single event the Brewers would do in this scenario or Brewers on deck, there would be a certain individual who was always there, who was the face of the franchise, who got paid all the money. Ryan Braun, always there. Rowdy, it's safe to say that Ryan Braun was the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise, correct? Like, he was the Brewers. Yeah, I mean, they decided to sign him long-term term over Prince, and it kind of told you right there. Ryan Braun always at these fans' events in the the offseason, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, saying he's innocent. Ryan Braun was always there being the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise. Do they not pay Christian Yelich enough money to be at this event? That's my number one question. And the reason I bring it up, who is the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise? Uh, I mean, Corbin Burns, you could make the argument, Cy Young winner, but I've seen a lot of scuttlebutt last night. No Yelly there. And a lot of people, this is a rudderless organization with no true face of the franchise that they don't have an identity of who they are. I think are. I know who the face of the franchise is right now. Current day, obviously we're talking about January 19th, 2023. Willie? Mark Ananasio. <laughs> That's the face of the franchise. That's not good. A metal, an owner is not that's good. Who everybody has on their mind. That's not good, Rowdy. If the face of your franchise is a notable cheap ass, that is a not good. Well, I just was thinking about. It. I'm like, how the hell can, how can Ryan Braun be at every one of the events with a clear cut Mister Brewer face of the franchise? He gets paid all the money, and Christian Yelich, who got more money than God on that team, can't be at an event as the Brewers are in a weird and strange predicament moving into this year now. I mean, Craig Council, Matt Arnold, the brass there, again, Freddie Peralta, Willie Adamas, Aaron Ashby, Owen Miller, Salfrey, LeGarrette Mitchell. I get the young guys. Good on good on Peralta, good on Adamas. But how can Christian Yelich, who gets paid, how much is his contract, $28 million? Yeah, it's about almost $27 million a year. How do you not go to an event when you all – he needs all the good publicity that he can get, too. I'm going to have a, an old man take. I'm glad he's not at a bar drinking. I want him in the cage hitting. What about Ryan Braun when he's at all the single one of these events who's the face of the franchise? But Braun was hitting. Yeah. yeah. Christian Yelich hasn't hit since 2019. <laughs> so you don't, you don't care that a guy that gets paid all that money who is a, supposed to be the face of the franchise doesn't even bother to show up. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent on that. Did you see the, no. did you see the fantasy camp? No, no, what happened there? So, like, fantasy camp, obviously, it's all the older players or the guys that used to play. Mm. Oh, yeah, Todd's there. Your buddy Todd. It was uh, Corey Hart is out and about, uh, J.J. Hardy, Vinny Rotino. They had Ed Cedar, the old third base coach, yeah. was out. Man, some of those guys are looking pretty old. No, yeah, I mean, father. <laughs> I, no, but they're not. Like, that's the thing. Like, Corey, Corey Hart. Has, Corey Hart's like 40. Corey Hart, he, when he was doing the Brewers uh, pouring beers, yeah, I that, know. he was looking like, wow, you're looking uh, like you've aged quickly ever since you uh, exited Major League Baseball in the Milwaukee Brewers. <clears throat> I did not see many of those pictures. I'll have to go look for it. Uh, they're doing some stuff in spring training right now, Corey too. Corey Hart is 40 years old. 
All right, I'm and he he was looking real gray. Corey Hart, no, real real Not old. Not the sunglasses at night guy. Google, come on. Yeah, I'll have to go see him right now. Um, for the fantasy camp, the, well, those guys. They, it's just crazy how old. Uh, Still has so, a, when I'm a kid watching those guys, like I feel like they're old, and then when you get to the age, and you yeah, see but they're them now, not. Yeah, then you see them now, you're like, damn, now now you actually are old. Like it's crazy how time yeah, like works. when Corey Hart was busting onto the scene and having like his first big year with the Brewers, he was like 24. Yeah, oh, here we go. Here's the fantasy camp pictures. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wow. He's st- he's very gray all over, but he's he's really only 40, but he still definitely has that Harley guy feel. Oh yeah, he looks like he's about to ro- strap on a Harley and go. He's got that big goatee. It's white. It's like a he looks like a Harley Santa Claus without the the biggest gut. Wow, look at look at Corey Hart. It's it's kind of funny that uh, you look at all these players, and a lot of them were were big time players when you were you know a kid growing up or high school, whatever. And the one that's aged the least is the third base coach, Eddie Cedar. <laughs> <laughs> he must have found the fountain of youth. Yeah, so uh, the Brewers pitchers and catchers reporting here is February 14th. That's Valentine's Day. That's an easy one to remember, guys and girls out there. Uh, Valentine's Day. Make sure you get your loved one something and make sure you get ready for pitchers. And hey, catchers speaking reporting. of uh, the bar event that they had, are you surprised that Corbin Burns wasn't there? Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that some of the big guys weren't there. I just, the reason why I was raise the biggest eyebrows because you pay a guy $27, 28000000 million and he can't show up to this event when he's supposed to be the face of the franchise. And Ryan Braun literally would go to every single one of these things. Like, that, that's, that was my biggest concern. Like, how do you not have a, a clear-cut leader? I don't, who's the leader of this team is what I'm trying to get at. I did see that uh, Adam McKelvey was inside, and he did get some little Q&A with I William have, Adamas. Yeah, and I have one from Craig Council, too. <laughs> and it... It does make you scratch your head a little bit with some of the answers and some of the things you've seen out in the news or comments by certain guys' camps about uh, what exactly the Milwaukee Brewers are doing here. Craig Council was asked of what he say uh, would say to the fans that are still upset about the Josh Hader trade and, and et cetera and such, as some people would say. And his answer is very head scratching, but he's trying. He's trying to be like. He's not trying to make any waves, you know. He's not trying to say anything crazy or piss anyone off. But what he says, you're just like. I- does that even make sense? I have no idea. But yeah, they were dug out 54 last night. Uh, people were lined up for blocks to see the Milwaukee Brewers. A, a cool event. I don't know why they held it in a place where you could only fit 300 people or 600 people, but whatever. It's on the Brewers to do. Yeah, Willie Adama's picking up the tab for everyone. Uh, he also says he wants to play for uh, the Dominican in the World Baseball Classic Rowdy. That Dominican team is loaded. Yeah, I know. You've been, uh, you were sending some stuff to RJ and I. USA's, the, what? They're just like, eh. Whatever on it. USA never play. The best guys from the USA, like, never play. Like, there was a year where Mark DeRosa was, like, a journeyman of all journeymen, <laughs> and he was starting at, like, second base. It's like, really? Obviously, the United States doesn't take it seriously. It's funny you say that because Willie Adamas said last night, he said it's every player's dream to represent their country. Yeah, except for the United States. <laughs> They're too busy focused on Major League Baseball or training, right? I don't like you look at you look at the World Baseball Classic for the United States. Most of the time, you could easily argue that's maybe half the best United States players. Yeah, maybe. But then when you look at the Dominican lineup, it's the best young talent out there. And Japan always good. You could go Puerto Rico. They all, they had Yadier Molina playing the last time that the <laughs> World Baseball Classic came around, and he was still in his late thirties. I. I don't think I've ever heard outside of like insanely huge baseball, like, you know, savants. 
people that just eat, sleep, and breathe baseball like yourself. I don't think I heard anyone, like your average Joe Schmo American, talk about the World Baseball Classic. I honestly don't follow it that much because I don't really care because the United States doesn't care. Yeah, like I never hear anyone talk about it. It'll be on TV. It's background noise. Yeah, I don't. I never hear a single person say I can't, or an American say I can't wait for the World Baseball Classic again, unless you're like a, some insane, crazy baseball wizard or something. Yeah, but all right, we'll get the comments from Craig Council, uh, Willie Adamas also talking. I just. For me personally, that was a little bizarre. You pay a guy a lot of money, you can't even do anything. You know, and Ryan Braun, and I love me some Ryan Braun. He's there always with a smile on his face, shaking hands and kissing babies. Uh, and Rowdy, it goes back to who's the leader of this team, who's the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise. I think you got to know who you are uh, in order to, you know, be successful and move forward. And if it's Mark Adonazio as the face of the franchise, that's not good. That's, that means the Brewers aren't going to do diddly poo uh, this upcoming season. Or the. Are the uh, over-unders out yet, totals, for wins? No, it'll come out in February. Ah, what would you peg it at right now? For the Brewers? Yeah, like gun to head. 80, 85 and a half. Oof, the 80, what'd you say? 85, 85 and, and a half. half. Ben, last night, the Brewers had an event at a bar. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be there. Awesome. Usually it's Brewers on deck, and they you know they have it in, like I don't know, American Family Field, uh, Miller Park, and you could have a ton of people there. This is a bar of capacity of 600 people. There was already a, a, a 300 people in line, like, hours before the event. Uh, they couldn't jam anyone in there uh, past the capacity. And then I, I took a, an eyebrow raise that there's no Christian Yelich there. Well, do they not pay him enough to show up to these events? Ryan Braun always showed up to these events. Who is the true face of the franchise, Ryan Braun, while he's playing? Ben, as an, you know, I won't say an outsider, but a guy who obviously is from Philly, loves the Phillies, uh, you know, the Brewers aren't your team. You just cover them and talk about them. Who is the face of the Milwaukee Brewers franchise? Wow. Now, I mean, if I, Yelich is $27 million a year. He wasn't even there if last I have night. To name, it's not Yelich. You have to be good. If I have to name a player for the general Major League Baseball fan, clearly the, the face of the franchise I think at this point is Christian Yelich, but who I listed Ben for face of the franchise right now in fans' minds, I think it's Mark Ananasio. And he couldn't even pick up the bill last night. Willie Adamas paid for everyone. I think it's Willie Adamas. Corbin Burns? Even though, listen, he's only been there for a year, but Burns and Woodruff are somewhat quiet, right? Like they do their business. I think Woodruff has been on Bill's show once. They're just, I feel like they're not as, as outward facing. As someone like Adamus is. Well, he's a very happy-go-lucky, like... Uh, right, and he's only been there for a year and a half, so it's hard if to... If you're Christian Yelich in public, he is very awkward. I don't think he's the face. I, I don't think he's the face, and here's the reason. He's the clause? No, no, no. Willie Adamus isn't the face because nationally he's not as well-known as a Christian Yelich, or even right now probably Corbin Burns would slot in as number two. He hasn't had the highs of the highs of Christian Yelich, so the casual Major League Baseball fan across the country doesn't know who he is. He, But I will I will give you this. I think he could be the heartbeat. He could be the heart of the team because when he plays well, yeah. when, he, when he's going well and excited, the team plays better. So I think he can be a heartbeat or the heart of the team without being the actual face. Can a manager be the face, Craig Council? The angry <laughs> rooster? Uh, if you want that face to be your face, then yeah. 
after the game. Like, do you think that you always see the Twitter videos after the game of his press conference from his desk, and he looks disheveled. He looks like he just got divorced. Well, you know why he's freaking disheveled, and why that's probably a slightly different looking face than it used to be. It's because that darn robber stole his shaving cream yeah. and his shaving kit. Yeah. Are we gonna see? Craig Council with a little bit of stubble this well, year? Well, he didn't last night. It looks like he had a nice, fresh haircut, and he's clean-shaven. I want to play a comment from Craig Council. Ben, do you think that... Am I wrong in saying that Christian Yellich should have been there last night? Oh, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I have a take. This no. is... Uh, trying I'm to get topics on you guys is really tough sometimes. I'm really glad he wasn't. Because he should be... That's probably a rowdy take. Because he should be... He should be working on his damn swing. <laughs> I, got, I swear to God, you guys are identical. I know you, I knew you guys are like identical. The dumb... Or not, it's not dumb. I didn't mean that. Of the stuff you guys say. What, was that your take on my, it as well? My take this morning the same thing. Was, he doesn't care. I honestly and then he's don't be care. There. Here's my old man take. I'm, like, I'm glad he's not drinking and he's working in the cage. Here's my, here's my thinking. Like, I have a good Brewers topic. We can beg on Yelich. Talk about Ryan Braun, who's always at these events. And the first... To start the show, the first thing I get... I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here we go. It's one of these days. Well, I'll say we this. Bounce, we bounce back good, though. I will say this. William you guys Thomas. do know you're in Sports Talk Radio, right? Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I have real takes on this. Oh, besides I don't care? Well, no, I don't care about whether Yelich is there There's or not. nothing worse. Frankly, I'm happy that he wasn't. Then when, you, when there's, a, there's multiple people in the room and only one person wants to participate in the conversation. Anyways. Willie Adamas. Mentioned as the possible heartbeat, and he seemed to be the face of the event last night. Aside from uh, what's his name, new GM, Matt saying Arnold. that they're not going to, uh, they haven't had contract talks or whatever. If Willie Adams is the heartbeat, that heart's going to fail like really soon. Well, because they're not going to sign him. So actually, before we even went on air this morning, we were talking a little bit about the Brewers and the win total, which is not posted. Those come out in February. I was telling Ebo, I go, I, I honestly kind of probably it'll be 85 and a half, 86, probably somewhere in there. I think I might want to take the under. Yeah, Rowdy's going Because under. at this point, I think there's more likelihood the Brewers sell off than buy. That, that That's clear as day to me. And you have a group of guys like Willie Adamas, like Corbin Burns, like Brandon Woodruff. They're all sitting there with that two years left of arbitration, if you count this season. So they have one more year of ARB after that. How many of those guys really feel confident after what they saw last year and Willie Adamas saying, well, they're not talking to me. Corbin Burns saying they're not talking to my people, that they're actually interested in winning. That just puts a bad taste in the guys that are supposed to be your best players and leaders mouth. And you even had guys that are just role players like uh, Eric Lauer come out and said they literally quit on us. They don't think we're good enough. I I almost feel like this is a, a year in which they should be competitive but this could really flop because of what the organization so, did. Yeah, uh, Speaking of what the organization did, I want to, Craig Council had some comments last night that I'm going to play uh, coming up here. And it's, it's a head-scratcher of a comment. He, he tried not to make any waves and he tried because he was asked about what he would kind of say to the fans about what happened in the trade deadline. Did you guys hear him? Did you hear, uh, I didn't hear it. What did you say, Ben? Your mic's off. Your mic's, your mic's, your mic's, hey, your mic's off. What are you saying? Yeah, that's my bad. <laughs> what I'm uh, inside radio right there. I'm I'm watching Yelich uh, swing videos on Instagram right now. I uh, hopefully it's uh, looks good. Like recently <laughs> from last night. Oh, he posted it last night. Oh, so that's okay. There, thank you. There we go. There's a nugget. All right, we'll play Craig Council coming up. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like, hey, if you put any of us in a in a cage with a swing coach for months on end. I think if you started taking videos of us without seeing anything, we'd all look way better. Now, did he? Well, I have a. I've always. Is had a it raw video or is it just little clips that he posted? 
It's it's a couple clips of okay, so. Tyler Wade. And <laughs> so it's record, like people that make their own huddle video. Nelson, I always have a great swing, so I don't need a coach to coach a great swing. You said either. that before our golf event, and even Dave from Minot was blind. No, I, I, I mean, I, I have a fine golf swing. I never said I was a good golfer. <laughs> Craig Council, the angry rooster, the Milwaukee Brewers manager, was out last night for... The hell was it called again? Brewers, cold stove, hot brewers, something like that. Hot brews, cold stove. Craig Council was in attendance along with Willie Adamas, uh, with Garrett Mitchell, Aaron Ashby, Sale Freelick, uh, Adamas. I think Freddie Peralta was there. I know he was there. But Craig Council was asked, uh, Rowdy, something we've been bitching a lot about, and rightfully so. The Brewers absolutely punted on the season. When they traded away Josh Hader, it, it, it sent, they were what four or five games in first place. So I don't games. know what he said. I won't play, I won't what can play I it. guess? Yeah, yeah. Something along the lines that's been reiterated basically since the season ended in early October. We didn't realize trading Josh Hader would take this effect on the team. We thought we <laughs> like were getting value memo. and blah 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 blah. So here's here's your talking points. Here's yeah, what you must say. Don't deviate from yeah. the teleprompter. We didn't realize this. We we thought that. Listen here, Jack. You're gonna read this from the teleprompter and you're gonna like it. Well, Council was asked. End quote. Uh Adam McKelvey tweeted this out. If if you're still mad about last year's trade deadline and the two tumultuous months that followed for the Brewers. Here's what Craig Council had to say. Here is the manager. In front of people, he, like here, Craig, or at whatever, Starbucks or Winkies. <laughs> right? A little whitefish bit. What do you hear from people when they talk about it? Are they over last year? Are they? Uh, do you think you have to win them back? Uh, where, where do you think the fans are generally? Well, I mean, I think the fans... You know, I'm looking forward to an exciting year. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you this, like, the, if, if you were disappointed about last year, like, that's, if I got back five years ago, that's what I wanted. You want people disappointed about not making the playoffs. That That's good, man. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, that's what you work really hard to create. So don't, I don't run, don't run away from that stuff. You're, you take a sec, take a step back from it. It's exactly what you've tried to create. And, um... You know, we're, we're, we live with we had some disappointment. We live with that disappointment, and uh, we get a chance to do it again. I actually kind of agree with what he's saying, but uh, here's the I, but. I feel like the but the but for me is this is exactly I agree with it, but like he's saying. But you have to follow it. Like, you haven't followed it up with anything. Your off season, like go back five years ago, you would have been excited as a Brewers fan. To be in the conversation of making the playoffs. But he's saying you should be upset. We didn't make the playoffs. Like, you have a right to be upset, and I agree with him on that. But the but is, what is the organization going to do to get back to the postseason? And that's where fans can go, well, we signed Wade Miley and the second Brian Anderson. My my question, though, again, is not to beat a dead horse. He he talks about, like, yeah, five years ago, if you would ask me this, that we were in that position and disappointed. Like, that's where you want to be. You want to... You you put yourself in this situation, though, to get back to the playoffs, yet you still traded away the greatest reliever in the game and shot yourself in the foot. You, so you put yourself in the position, and then you shot yourself in the foot because of it. So five years ago, we would have been titillated that we were in the position to do it. So we're in the position to do it, and then they basically 
just crap all down them, themselves, their legs. Also, just want it noted Why, wh- huh? that Josh Hader is in the last year of his arbitration with the uh, Padres. He got $1.1 million less than what they thought he might get. So, so technically, you know how they're like, oh, we're not going to pay him 15 plus million. He technically barely got over 14. So it would have been cheaper than what they had originally planned anyways. If that makes you feel any better. <laughs> okay, that doesn't make me feel a little better, I guess. No, it doesn't at all. Makes me actually more upset. But my reason for that is, is like, I, I just don't they know how to feel about this team anymore. They haven't really taken any steps to greatly improve the team. Like, we've talked about a lot of the moves over and over, and I can't really argue with any move that they've made because I think every single move that they've made has been either a lateral move or a move that has added depth or <laughs> makes the team minimally better, but it does make it better. But at the same time, then you go and see that I like some answer. of these other teams have made big time splash moves. Like, I don't know if you look at a team that's farther east. We, we've talked a lot about the Mets. If you look at a team that's also out east, like the Phillies, they all of a sudden have like an all star bullpen and they still have a lot of other good players. I mean, they also side Trey Turner, like a lot of studs, yeah, poverty, the, Bra- very the, poverty franchise, the Braves yeah. have a extremely young, cheap team. I mean, you can go right around and look at so, even the Cubs who are still projected to finish behind the Brewers as of now, they added a lot of pieces and spent a lot of money where they're going to be considerably better than they were last year. But I, I don't think they're, they're not, a, in my opinion, they're not a threat to win the so, central, but they're much better. They they got yeah, yeah. better. <clears throat> the Brewers are kind of staying the same and saying, well, we think we can compete. I slightly feel bad for Craig Council after thinking about it a little bit and, and hearing the answer again. How many times do you think he's got to? Well, he's like, God, I got to go to the public again. I go to the media. I know exactly what's going to be said. Hey, Craig, how do you feel about trading away Josh Hader? He's like, how many times do I have to f and answer this question? I actually liked his answer. Do you think? Do you think because it was it was different from what they've the company line that they've always been trying to sell? Do you think Craig Council has bought himself enough? uh, Yes, enough in the organization itself and with Brewer fans to come out and say. Yeah, I totally disagreed with uh, the Josh Hader Ooh. move. I want us to spend to like actually go against. The I don't. Grass. I don't. Do you think he's bought enough from everything that stock he's, there? From everything he's ever said and done, I, I've never seen him deviate from the company line. Have you? No, I've never heard him once be out of sync with a Market Anasio answer. So I, I don't know. I think some people say he's just the puppet, and Anasio is the puppet master. It's not just. Some people, there's been a, you want to talk about factions? Huh? I think Craig, mm, I bet you, if, man, I would love to have been in that event last night and, and made Craig Council stick around. We started going beer for beer, shot for shot, get the truth serum in him, and then have him really talk about how he felt about the Josh Hader trade. Or if he can like go out and spend money. <clears throat> or Matt Arnold, who, who was there. Yeah, must be nice for franchises that, you know, say they're poverty, but spend money. That must be pretty, pretty nice. Right, Ben? Hmm. Must be nice. Yes, indeed. Not going to rehash that. Oh, I'm sorry. What? Oh, sorry. I didn't know your mic. I, I just, I just, just because it's Ben, I want to say this. Oh. Nope. He looks very charming today. The Philadelphia, you can't wait for Kenny Hopper in the night? The Philadelphia Phillies, this is just for everyone listening. The Philadelphia Phillies went out and spent money. They improved their team. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at the difference in what we're talking about, 
One team tried to save $200,000 by not picking up a Brad Boxberger option. Another team went out and sold and or traded for a lot of relievers. And not only that, but spent seven and a half on a guy that might be a sixth, seventh inning guy or like 10 plus on an old Craig Kimbrell. Which is, that is so stupid. But what I'm getting at is not only are they going out and willing to spend money, they are willing to overspend to definitely sure up their bullpen. The Brewers arguably said piss on it to their second best reliever after they traded Josh Hader, and that was Brad Boxberger. Well, and it was for literally pennies on what we're just talking about.